seekers, explorers, and renegades out there, welcome to another episode of the Alchemy Experience Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Lemke. I'm sure the saying, patience is a virtue, is familiar to you. And patience truly is a virtue when it comes to the ability for you to live your life to the fullest potential that you can. If you're unable to practice patience, you will come up against resistance all along the way with your frustration and all that comes with it. And the catch-22 for many of us is that in order to develop a practice of uh, patience, because patience is a skill like any other, so you can learn, but in order to develop patience, it would uh, behoove us to actually practice some patience along the way as well. But let's uh, dive a little deeper into the concept of patience and uh, the qualities around it, what uh, can be garnered from it and how it actually helps us in our lives as we develop and evolve as human beings. Enjoy. And Aristotle said that patience is a bitter, it's bitter, but its fruit is sweet. And I do think that is very accurate if you look at what patience gives you while, while you are being patient it can be trying and you learn a lot about yourself but uh, at the end of it usually it pays off so when we look at uh, the topics that we've covered previously in this discussion you know compassion acceptance gratitude uh, spiritual bypass all of these different su- subjects we always come back one way or another to the uh, the topic of patience and it, it seems like it is something that permeates uh, everything when we look at um, our uh, journeys in life in general um, so w- when we're looking with at patience it's patience with others it's patience with ourselves it's patience with life in general uh, and oftentimes you know we when we wake up, a lot of people that wake up to the truth, as it were, um, start to get impatient with themselves because they realize that they've been doing things throughout their lives that they no longer agree with and they feel like they've wasted time. Um, or they will start getting impatient with others because they, I've woken up to something that is a great and fantastic way of living and not everybody is doing it that way so we start getting impatient with others not realizing um, the truth and the beauty of uh, life in general so there are different stages of learning patience and patience from my perspective is really about learning about ourselves so the more we learn about ourselves and the more we take those uh, opportunities of learning to heart, the more patient we get. So patience is not necessarily something we can train ourselves to do directly. It's something that is a result of the journey and the work that we do. So looking at, uh, you know, at the start, as I said, we can get, we get impatient with ourselves and it is this, um, kind of anger that we build up because we have made the choices we've made we realize that we are responsible for those choices and we get angry with us ourselves for for that we don't have patience with the fact that we were uh, making the choices uh, from the best or the best choices that we could make 
uh, at those times at any given time in our life. So uh, it, there is that process of understanding that being patient with ourselves is also being kind to ourselves and showing love to, to ourselves and compassion. Uh, and being, you know, a lot of times when we look forward, we look to the future, we tend to get impatient with the process because we want to be at the end or the, the outcome that we, we real or uh, we visualize for ourselves. Um, so this is what Aristotle was talking about, is that the journey to the outcome, the journey to whatever the result is going to be. We have impatience with ourselves. We have impatience with the situation, with everybody around us. And, uh, but when we get to the other side of that outcome and that result, then we start realizing that uh, we had to be patient. And it's oftentimes when we, we, we're talking about resistance, right? That when we resist our experiences, this could be because we are either not taking action or that we are taking action that is then uh, because we are being impatient and we are uh, taking action from the perspective of our core woundings and our uh, past traumas. Um, and when we do that, then we are actually, by taking action, we are actually resisting the experience and the uh, lessons we're supposed to get from it. And that, that is done out of impatience. We are not patient to experience the, uh, the situation and experience what we are, uh, the lesson that uh, it's being presented to us. So looking at also at uh, when we look at people that are different from us, oftentimes if we feel triggered by that, there's a level of impatience that comes into it. We're not patient with other people uh, as they are pursuing their path from their perspective and from their experiences. And when that, we then feel that that's, kind of infringing on our ability to reach our goals, then we become impatient with that. Looking at uh, also the shadow aspects of ourselves, you know, when we are looking at integrating that, you know, <laughs> we, we want that happening as quickly as possible, but oftentimes it will, only time will allow us to integrate uh, the, the shadow aspects that we are working on because oftentimes, you know, if we start working on everything at once, um, it's going to be overwhelming and we're not going to be able to handle all of it at once. So it's kind of clever that way. It comes up slowly but surely and we have to be patient with the process, right? And another big one is the unrealized potential. And it kind of goes back to uh, all, all the things I've talked about. But as we're looking forward and we, we look at that uh, golden avatar or golden shadow where we see that we could achieve our greatness and we're not doing that, we can get impatient with ourselves. And then we're actually continu uh, continuously resisting uh, that stepping into that greatness because it's part of that fear. So I've when I sat down and thought about uh, patience it kept coming back to the word fear so I, I figured that the biggest threat to patience is fear 
So I'd like to put that on the table and let's have a discussion about that in terms of where do we experience uh, impatience in our lives and where, how do we reflect on patience and how uh, the fear that comes up that prevents us from being patient, how does that affect us? Hi, thank you very much. Um, when you were talking, I was a little bit surprised that actually the word that popped into your head was fear. Because when you were talking, when I think about the patients, the word that, that comes to my mind, it's acceptance. Mm-hmm. And I understand, well, I'm saying that I'm surprised by this. It's a very mis, uh, it's, it's very unfortunate way of describing because it's your reality, it's your expression, and it's your your word um, and your experience. So I under kind of thinking about this, I can relate and understand where that fear comes from, and I suppose I, I suppose that it's. Um, our natural ability and striving for to maintain the status quo and we feel what is unknown. And the patients or impatience when we experience impatience is something that we can anticipate in the future that we don't know. We cannot fully anticipate what the next thought or what the next experience is going to be. And if we don't have enough self kind of self-confidence within ourselves, then we cannot experience experience um, fear. And to me and when I when I think about the patience uh, uh, that comes to my mind is acceptance because this and I, I I think it's almost like synonym the patience and acceptance is that this basically they are synonyms because mm-hmm. if I'm impatient if I'm being waiting for something something to happen like I can sit down in the meditation and I might not accept what is happening at the moment, so I become impatient. I might experience pain in my leg or whatever, and I'm becoming impatient. I want to change the status of my, the, whether it is the bodily sensation or it's the psychological sensation, I want to change the, the state of things. So I'm becoming impatient and I'm not being accepted. Yeah, I don't accept what the, the reality brings, what unfolds in, for, in front of my eyes, before my eyes. So the patient and acceptance are two, side, two sides of the same coin for me, the way I understand that. And when, but at the same time, going through that impatience and going, not accepting the way things are at the moment are essential for introspection because in order to realize our full human experience and the full human potential, you need to go through suffering as well as through positive motions. You need to have the full spectrum of awareness. If you just focus on something that is positive, and if you only have light in your in your life, and you can't, you know, you you, you sweep the things under your under the rug, or if you ignore the dark side of your existence, then you you limit yourself, you limit your access to the full human potential. And potential of our existence. So, yeah, it's a. I think the patience is a synonym of loads of actually words. It's the fear, it's the acceptance, it's the bravery, it's the courage, and it's the fundamental force in our lives. Yeah, you're absolutely absolutely right. But I would see patience more as a support for 
becoming accepting or embracing acceptance. So I, I kind of put down the patience supports compassion, it supports acceptance, it supports forgiveness and, uh, and gratitude and all of these uh, aspects that we, we are trying to put into our lives to be able to have patience with our experiences. Um, so when I'm talking about the, the threat to patience as fear, uh, acceptance is supported by patience, but fear, if, when you become fearful, you uh, diminish your ability to be patient. So that, that's the aspect I'm looking for. Thank you. So I don't think about fear when I think about patience. I think about the, the doldrums and the, there's a certain aspect of boredom to patients sometimes of where, for example, I, I know that, you know, Carol is getting close to being a dad for the first time. So I'm sure the whole, you know, process of the whole, you know, watching the belly and all that kind of stuff, you know, it goes from space to space, but you know, part of it is that whole concept of, you know, oh my God, I hope this baby gets here really, really fast. And, you know, I hope it's all healthy and I hope everything's great. And I hope I'm a good dad. But then from that perspective, it's like, you know, once the baby's out, the baby doesn't go back into the belly any longer. And it's just all this kind of stuff of where it's allowing all of these cycles to kind of play out. And even like right now, it's like, you know, I mean, Christopher, your kids are back and they're about ready to start school and things like that. So it's that whole concept too of time. It's the lapsing of time and, and those kind of ebbs and flows. And we talk about dog days of summer and how we can, you know, it's like sometimes the days in the summer feel like they're endless, but then you get into the fall and it's just like this peppering of did, 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 your schedule just keep gets getting, you know, bigger and bigger. So what I find is that I almost like monkey rope from goal to goal. And then by looking at those goals to goals, there's sometimes when I really almost just want to turn myself off like a robot and I just want to turn the plug off and I just want to say, all right, I put all these seeds out. I'm all ready to go. And I'll just, you know, turn my, my switch off. I'll just hang in the closet for a little bit. And then I'll just basically turn myself back on. And then it's like, oh, it's Christmas morning. Oh, it's this exciting new day. Oh, I'm in Miami in 2022. Oh, you know, it's like you have all these like beautiful kind of milestones that you're looking forward to, but it's like, it's in the, it's also in the wanting, it's the, in the desiring, it's in the processing, it's in the acceptance, it's in all of those pieces. So that gestation process of patience is really about allowing everything to be perfection. And then once it is perfection, it's right. So, I mean, even if you look at people's birthing stories, I know that Sandra Ray did rebirthing in like the eighties for something I did a couple of times, which is fantastic. And, you know, some babies are, I know my brother was born in the hallway in the hospital and then other babies take two days, three days, you know, oh my God, we're going to have to cut you out. So it's the kind of stuff of where, you know, a baby comes out when it comes out. So it doesn't matter how much you've planned. Doesn't matter if you brought your suitcase, doesn't matter if you have your, your cute little, 90 it doesn't matter so carol when you get to the hospital you don't know how many hours it's going to take for your baby to be delivered but that's just the the whole process of the patience of that part so sometimes the anticipation of things can also be some of the biggest drivers to be able to get us to be able to be patient because if you can kind of harness that anticipation and the excitement of it and then just allow yourself to be in the moment and be mindful in the present and just know that you're going to get to that milestone when you get to it then you can relax, but it's that kind of, so for me, I play games with myself mentally only because of the fact that it's between those monkey ropes of the goals that sometimes it's that difficulty of the 
day-to-day grind of living and showering and eating and sleeping and all those other things that you have to take care of that, to be honest, are very, very low level. But then you get to these next bases and you say everything, every step I took was necessary to get to this next, next goal. So what's underlying to the, to the uh, anticipation? Why, why are we uncomfortable in the anticipation? Why are we unwilling to experience the anticipation? Um, so well, I for- think a lot of times anticipation is the fact that you also, for a lot of people in their lives, there's a disappointment or an excitement. So it's also mm-hmm. that Pavlovian response in the sense of where it's like, oh, this birthday is going to be epic. And oh, the presents that I got were fantastic. And it was amazing. Or else you have a situation of where there's a family emergency or a family fight or an uncle gets drunk or some craziest thing happens at a family you know, party. And then that birthday wasn't good at all. And that birthday, people would like to forget. So I think the anticipation is in the excitement of the fact that as we go through experiences through life, we have experiences that end up amazing and you're going like wow it all worked out and it was all fantastic and there's other times where it's like you just you know you find yourself with a hatchet to the head and you're just going like okay what what just happened so the brain doesn't know in a bifurcation is it's going to go to pain or pleasure so where the anticipation is the fact that you want it to be pleasure Mm -hmm. but unfortunately for a lot of people they become very very acclimated to it being pain and disappointment so for a lot of people that becomes maladaptive and that's where I would boil it down to again. It's the fear of experiencing the the feeling of anticipation because well, it's the fear of the outcome or the fear that the outcome is not going to be the way that you want it to be, or the uh, you know that something is going to go wrong or something like that. It's it's uh, not being accepting of whatever is going to be is going to be right. Well, I mean, but that's also if you're looking at it from the perspective of patient is patience is leading up to. Mm-hmm. Whereas education is a crescendo. It's the, it's the roller coaster. It's the ski lift. It's the, all the, the next steps that you're taking that create this beautiful thing. But, you know, it's like, if you look at a lot of extreme athletes, that's that zone getting into that zone. I mean, you see people who are able to, to literally climb barefaced mountains with no equipment almost. And they can, you know, they can use their hands and their feet to be able to go and act like a mountain goat. I mean, that, that's a pretty amazing thing, but when you talk to a lot of those people, they're so completely in their own zone that if you talk to them, it was like they were in a complete trance because to them, that's their thing. That's what they're capable of doing. So mm-hmm. I think it's the, the anticipation part is actually the most fertile ground. It's, it's actually the most important part of it, but the takeoff of the airplane on the tarmac and that whole, you know, where the jet engines start when you're in a complete stop, that is the most important thing to get you to have that, you know, torque and the trajectory be able to allow you to take off and get up into the, into the air. But it's that now every time you're in an airplane, it's the landing and the takeoff that are the two scariest things being in the air. is just like, you know, you think of the girl from Ipanema and the elevator music, and it's just kind of like, okay, you know, la 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 up in the sky, but it's the takeoff and the landing that are the most intense because landings can be hardcore. But that's allowing yourself to experience the, the moments, the, the emotions that are in the moment. So you're, you're, you're allowing yourself to be patient for, because anticipation is the feeling that you have until the thing that you're anticipating is actually happening. And that's the having patience with yourself is allowing yourself to 
experience whatever you experience in the, any given moment leading up to whatever moment that you're anticipating, right? Yeah. I, I really resonate with what both of you have been talking about. For me, patience is related to fear. But I also find the metaphor of applet that Barbie was using was very like clever. For example, I'm an artist. I've been teaching art since I was 11. And the training is very similar to an athlete. So in order to achieve like excellence, you have to have, you have to control every step in the process. But what happens when you are in a condition where you cannot like repeat the same like uh, situation, like ideal situation to, for example, to paint uh, an oil paint? Then I cannot like anticipate my training to create perfections or the or that make me feel like I am in control. Then I have fear. For example, I've been teaching my whole life in academy environments where there is silence. People are already trained. People are interested. So in those situations, I don't have to make exercise of patience because I can reproduce easily what I'm expecting from my day. But now when I'm teaching at jails or rehab centers or other classrooms where behavioral students are, I cannot reproduce what I'm expecting from my real class. And I'm expecting fear because my plan is broken and I have no control. So the, the beauty of, of patient is that when you are that athlete that has everything under control, and you're able to create these masterpieces or run those many miles, if you repeat that um, approach to life in every aspect of your life, like with family, with friends, at cooking, you are missing part of the surprise. And it's those, those moments where I have to make exercise of patience because my plan is broken. I'm, I'm scared about the outcome because I have no control. And someone took like control over the car of my life. I'm not driving anymore. It's those moments where we can be like child again and learn something new and really understand that we really don't have control over anything, something like that. And it's fear for me because you don't have control. Mm-hmm. And that is, that is a scary. Well, I think, I think that comes back to what Carol was saying before about the acceptance, right? So that being able to accept whatever's going to show up and knowing or accepting that you've done all the preparations that you can do to do the best that you can. And whatever's going to be, you're going to show up and do the best that you can. And having patience with yourself for doing the best, right? So I think um, for me, uh, patience relating to fear is a lot of the fear of missing out. I have a teenager, so I have to practice patience many, many times in the day. Actually, he just turned 14 yesterday, so it's, it's a practice of patience constantly. And, and I find with him, with his level of impatience, is that he's very fearful of missing out of wanting something immediately, his immediate need for gratification, mm-hmm. being impatient because he wants to move on to the next thing and being, or, or not participating with his friends or getting what he needs right now because of the fear of missing out. So that's how I see uh, the, the, the level of patience 
for him, and even since he was a very young man, a, a child, uh, I would tell him even in the grocery line, like this is the checkout line, like this is your time to practice your patience, you know, and he would want to be getting through the line and getting on to the next thing. And, and so I feel that it was really important to him. I'm no, I don't know how successful I've been because it seems his impatience grows greater and greater, no matter how hard I tried in his younger times to practice his patience. But now I'm starting to feel like I'm reflecting those lessons upon myself because I need to practice my patience a lot with him. Um, but I learned something a, a long time ago about patience in a conversation and that how when we are in a conversation with someone, holding the space and letting them speak without becoming impatient is actually a form of kindness. Mm -hmm. Because often when we are impatient and don't practice patience, we are not present in the moment, like, we, like was mentioned earlier. So you're not really hearing what someone is saying because you're calculating what your next response is going to be. But when you can actually be in the moment, showing patience in a conversation and not interjecting or interrupting, you're actually showing kindness to the person that you're having that conversation with because you're letting them feel heard. And then you would expect, hopefully, that when it was your time to speak, that they would give you the same patience in return. And it would be a very kind and thoughtful conversation, whether there was disagreement or differences of opinion, that's another entirely different thing. But in order, or in order to be kind in a conversation and having patience and letting that person speak and then allowing them for, to have patience in return is really a, a, form of, a form of kindness which is what I have really tried a lot uh, in, in my years, just to let someone speak, let them feel heard, let them feel acknowledged and not try to anticipate my response to them be before it's my turn because my response might change while they're speaking. Like I might feel something initially and if I jump to the gun with my impatience, I might not hear what they have to say or they might not see their view, which would change my response. So. That's how I see uh, fear being a part of patience is the, la the, the part of the fear of missing out. But also I see patience also as a form of kindness to others by being able to be patient with others. And, you know, even as our parents age, not rushing our parents because they're moved more slowly or they think more slowly, just presenting that to them and, and allowing them to take it at their speed. Uh, by practicing patience with the aging population as well. Absolutely. And it's like I was, what I was saying before, that <clears throat> when we perceive others as being uh, a hindrance from, for, uh, for us to get where we need to be, but they are part of our journey, uh, then we, we do practice the impatience with the situation and with them. And that then becomes part of our learning process. Uh, and if we practice impatience with that, then we're unable to accept them for their journey and for their journey being part of our journey at this very moment, right? And as you were saying before about the, uh, with the sitting with someone, uh, and we've talked about this before a couple of times, specifically about empathy, you know, if someone is sitting in a dark room and we move into that space, there is that 
impatience of allowing them to experience their or their uh, suffering, as it were. We want to make things better because we feel uncomfortable ourselves existing in that space. Uh, you know, we want to turn on the light as quickly as possible, as opposed to just allowing ourselves to sit in that space because we are so fearful to experience someone else's pain and we're fearful of sitting in that experience uh, that then becomes part of that impatience uh, so i think when we look at a lot of the the challenges we have in the world today is because of impatience we're not patient with allowing others to speak and share their opinions and share their uh, stories and what have you because we don't we don't find that connection with the aspect of the other person that we can uh, show compassion for. Um, and that then drives that impa uh, impatience. So the aspects that I find that bolsters patience is to, uh, I look at, again, the four agreements is a big part of my life is something I practice and that, you know, not assuming that, you know, other stories, if you continuously do that, then you build up your uh, patience, right? And uh, same thing, not taking anything personally and knowing that what you can control, going to back to what Tatiana was saying before, if you know what you can control, you don't have to be impatient with what you can't control, right? So in my, as far as I'm concerned, there are only three things that you can control. You your words, your thoughts, your actions. Anything beyond that is out of your control. So like your emotions, for example, uh, I think this is one of the biggest things when emotions come up from our core wounding that come up to be released or dealt with, we are impatient with them because we are afraid to actually feel them. So we, we suppress them, we swat them away, we don't want to deal with them, but that means we're resisting them and we actually hold on to them. We, we keep them in our bodies um, and we don't actually allow ourselves to release them because we are impatient with the process of experiencing them. Experiencing them. Uh, so when we know what we can control, we, are, we actually gain an understanding and acceptance of what we can't control, and therefore we can then be patient with those aspects of ourselves. Um, and knowing, like I was uh, uh, commenting for Rebecca before, that if we are able to know that we are resourcing ourselves continuously in our lives and that we are doing the work and the practices that we need to do in order to show up and be the best versions of ourselves on any given time. So knowing that I'm doing my best at every given moment, if I can have that attitude, then I accept those situations where I don't have the perfect tool set uh, or set of tools to deal with that particular situation because I can only do my best at any given moment. So perfection, yes, we can strive for per perfection, but accepting that we might fall short because we are not resourced enough to be perfect at any given moment, then we can uh, allow ourselves to have that patience with ourselves and with the situation that we show up in, right? In terms of patience, what we oftentimes when I, or 
I would say most of the time working with my clients in, in coaching, patience is the biggest thing. So when we get triggered by someone else and someone has betrayed us or whatever it may be, it's oftentimes it's us having the not having patience with uh, us being allowing ourselves to have compassion with what aspect of that uh, that person that hurt us uh, that kind of led them to acting out in that way. So you know. If someone hurts us in some way, it's it is because they're acting out from their core wounding or their uh, whatever trauma they've experienced in their lives, and if we can have uh, gain an understanding for that, we can and an acceptance that that is their wounding, then we can have compassion for the child that experienced that uh, trauma, right? Uh, but oftentimes we don't have the patience to uh, to get to that. Because we are so quick to jump into jump into our emotion and act out and think and speak and uh, act from the emotion as opposed to really just observing our experiences and observing, okay, I have anger coming up now because I'm being hurt by this person. But then going into my thought process and saying, why? What is it that this person has experienced that makes them act out in this way? And then, from that point of view, then I, I can, uh, if I'm allowing myself to have that patience with myself and others, or in the interaction with others, then I don't need to start reacting in uh, from my own core wounding and from my own uh, trauma. Because then I can, I can exist in the moment and I can act uh, in the moment. And then I'm actually showing up as the best version of myself when I succeed in doing that. Because then I can show compassion for someone who most people might not feel that they deserve compassion in that situation. But that can then, if I show that person compassion and show that person that level of patience, it might actually allow them to reflect on their own behavior and say, oh, why is this person showing compassion to me when I'm acting like a jerk? So it, it allows us to build those bridges and uh, allow us to create um, more of a uh, collaboration than the division and it allows us that compassion acceptance for our own journeys, but also those of others, uh, to exercising that levels of uh, those levels of uh, patience, and then, of course, when we can do that, then we can forgive others for their behavior and forgive others for their actions and words and what have you. Um, and the more, if we can all do that, then there are less things to forgive, because we all have patience with each other and we don't need to worry about having to forgive each other because everybody's going to act not from their emotions, but from their awareness. And it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, if we can all show up as, uh, as the best versions of ourselves and, and as role models, then we can actually move through um, those kind of experiences and we don't need to forgive anybody. <laughs> so uh, one thing gives the, uh, the next, right? So. It, 
I think patience is one of those topics that we really have to think about on any given time. Uh, Where we are triggered, we can always, you know, like I've said before, don't waste a good trigger because it does lead you to give, uh, if you ask the right questions, uh, it will give you answers as to what remains unhealed within yourself. And one of the first questions can always be, why am I not patient with this situation? Why am I not patient with myself? Why am I not patient with this person that has is being passive aggressive against me? Um, why am I not patient with what's going on in the world today? And oftentimes, when it comes to, it comes to uh, society, it is because we're not patient with the things we can't control. So, what can I control in society today? Well, not much. Well, what action can I take then? Well, I can do this. I can do that. Okay, fine. If I do that, then I'm doing something. And if it's something that is right action for me, um, then it's something I can enact and help uh, solve the challenges of the world. But it's having that patience with the fact that I can't do everything. And Again, patience feed, feed, uh, feeding the acceptance and then feeding the compassion in that. So when we do go through life and we do are experiencing these triggers, having these just questions to ourselves, what is it that I am not accepting right now? Why am I not allowing myself to be patient with this situation? Can then help us to take a step back and reflect on the situation as opposed to reacting from, from our emotions. I think it's very interesting what these last things that you were pointing out. But it makes me think about something that my grandma said. This, is, this might probably be cultural. Mm-hmm. My grandma said that it's better to get red one time than think like 1,000 times. And that's related, red is related to like setting limits, like mm-hmm. speaking out for yourself. So it's better when something is not fair for you, when you are in a situation that is not fair for you to speak your mouth than ended up like two years in a situation that will make you like feel that you're bullied or like it's not not okay for you. So it's very hard. That's something that I struggle a lot because I'm used to, I'm a very patient person. Like I, I, I practice patient like daily times. You're a teacher. You have that, to be. <laughs> yeah. But that leads me to situations where if I'm not speaking my mouth, I will end up quitting a job or, mm-hmm. or breaking relationships. So it's, it's, it's complicated sometimes. Well, so for example, um, go. Yeah, go ahead, Tatiana. Sorry. For example, I'm teaching pre-making. Pre-making is like a, a mechanic shop for a car. You need to know every tool, what it is every time because it's very complicated, technically complicated. And I have this coworker that he changed the print shop like at least three times in a semester, which is chaotic for me and for all the students. And I tried to quit already twice, <laughs> but I haven't found the the courage to address the situation because I understand what why that person is doing that. So sometimes being empathic 
I'm feeling feeling other people's pain or frustrations or insecurity, it doesn't lead us to do the right thing because this is a situation that is affecting everybody. Like mm-hmm. yesterday I was having a demo and my my main concern is that I couldn't find the brushes. Like I shouldn't be even thinking about it. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Sometimes we have to speak out and use patience to find the the most sweet words to set up our limits. But we have to speak up. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and this is where a lot of people, the most of us, go uh, go wrong a lot of times, where we fear we think that, oh, I'm compassionate, therefore I can't speak my mind. I'm compassionate, therefore I can't have a strong stance on any given topic. Um, and I would say that's not the case. You can absolutely speak your mind and you can absolutely stand up for what you believe in and still be compassionate and accepting. Um, but you, do, you know, the difference between expressing your anger in a constructive way where you're not actually, uh, shall we say, passing on the anger or the, uh, the energy of the anger to someone else, but you're expressing you authentically what you feel and wh- how you uh, or how you are receiving the experience. That those are two very different things. So if you express yourself authentically and you say, "I don't appreciate the way that this has been done," because it is really throwing the process uh, out of the rhythm and it I'm having to recreate it every single time. How can we solve this as opposed to saying, you're an idiot. Why the hell have you done this? Right. Those are two different, or it's you expressing the same thing, but the end or the outcomes are going to be very different. Right. So it's having the patience, having patience in that respect is Patience with yourself to observe your own experience. The first example, or the, the second example of yelling at someone and telling that, them they're an idiot because they've screwed everything up, then you're acting from the emotion in itself. The emotion comes up and you jump in there and you're reacting from the emotion, right? And the words are all from the emotion, not from, uh, from your awareness. It's not you you kind of observing yourself having the anger come up and be say okay well i have this anger i need to express it because otherwise you know it's you're just going to perpetuate that anger within yourself right but what is the most constructive and best way to do that so this is where you can go in and control your thoughts and you start thinking and asking questions okay well if i can understand what this person is doing then perhaps I can find a solution with that person, right? So that is then becomes patience because you are patient to allow yourself to explore the possibilities of finding a uh, an outcome that is going to be the best for everybody, right? So instead of, and the impatience is to just jump in and start getting red, as you say, to scream and holler, right? So, um, and it is a practice, you know, it's something we do practice. And I used to 
not have a, a bad temper, but when I got angry, I got really angry. It's like you, you push my buttons enough and I got really pissed off. Uh, I wouldn't get violent or anything like that, but you know, I, I can, uh, I, I have a quite a, a, a scary voice when I, <laughs> at least my kids thought so. So, um, and it, it was a practice. It was training to not do that, not react like that. And yes, I rarely scream. I rarely yell at my kids anymore. And um, now if I say, well, I don't want to get angry, but you're really pushing my buttons and I would really appreciate it if we can find a solution to this. Uh, you don't like it when I'm angry and I don't like it. Then my kids go, yeah, no, I don't like it when you're angry. So um, yeah, how do we work this out, right? So it is flipping the script on it uh, and having the patience to do that. But that again, it's having the patience to do the practice and having the patience to do the work that needs to be done in order to uh, come to the position where you you can catch yourself having that anger come up and say, it's okay, I'm angry. How do I express it? Right. I hope you've... Uh, enjoyed our discussion on patience today and uh, heard some different perspectives and Tatiana thank you for bringing this uh, real world uh, live example that's uh, always great so appreciate that and um, I all hope you all have a wonderful day and I will uh, see you next week hopefully so developing patience is something that we can all do but uh, it does require you to have a practice and to uh, dedicate yourself to developing patience if you'd like to read a book on the topic, which actually isn't on the topic itself, but uh, it has practices that would certainly help you along the way, would be The Four Agreement by uh, Don Miguel Ruiz. I would also look at uh, the aspects that you can and can't control. So in my perspective, uh, the things that you can control are your thoughts, your words, your actions. Everything else is out of your control. So focus on what you can control and release everything else. If you'd like to uh, work on your patience and uh, develop practices to allow you to develop patience within your own life and your own everyday living, then certainly feel free to contact us at the Alchemy Experience. And just go to thealchemyexperience.co.uk and book a 30-minute uh, free consultation to find out if we might be the right place for you to explore patience within yourself. Anyway, I hope uh, this episode has given you food for thought and that you will be able to incorporate some of these practices into your own life and that you, these practices uh, contribute towards uh, you finding the optimal version of yourself. In the meantime now, until I see you next time, stay well and take care. Bye for now.